Hello everybody, welcome back to Glory Glory. Just wanted to do a quick reaction to the, the Leicester game last night. Um, and Bruce joins me here. Um, so I have a few takeaways from last night's game. Um, one of the obvious ones that is that we should have put the game to bed in the first half. United had had the chances to to win that game in the first half. Leicester, they looked like the team that are that are devoid of confidence and on our bottom of the table. Um so one of the very, one of the reasons why we didn't put the game to bed is because we didn't have a focal point. We have David De Gea kicking the ball along, and no one is competing in the air. I mean, Rashford disallows his marker just to go up and head it away. He doesn't even challenge, which is very frustrating. And once again, the defense won us the game. Um, the back four now is is just picking itself at the minute. Um, if only you can see the one goal in the last three games. Um, Ferran is just a Rolls Royce of a defender. Um, Bruno was much improved last night. I was really impressed by him. Um, but going forward, uh, in terms of the Arsenal game, I don't want to see Rashford, Ilanga, or McTominay start that match. I want to see Anthony and Casemiro come into the team, and maybe even Ronaldo too, because he's the only player that can really provide us, uh, you know, a focal point up front. Um, so, Brush, what was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, again, defense stood out. Uh, I don't think anyone particularly did anything above and beyond. They all just were competent in doing their jobs. Uh, out of the back, for our, if I had to pick one out, it would probably be Varane. Uh, I was very impressed with him. He just looks very cool, calm and collected. This is the Varane that we expected to see, the one that we saw at Real Madrid that we were all getting excited about. Um, I think that partnership with Martinez is really starting to flourish and you can see it now in his game where he feels comfortable. And he's taking up positions now as well, where he's just anticipating things. And I love to see that. Yeah, I was really impressed with him last night. Um, I just hope he, he can stay fit. Um, it just shows you what type of run we'll get whenever he's put through a kind of a, a fitness regime in, in pre-season. And he starts to play regularly. Then we start to get the Varane that we've seen at Real Madrid. It was last Absolutely. season. Last Absolutely. season was a disaster, wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we all knew his quality. The key was obviously keeping him fit first and foremost. And then secondly, is finding the right partner for him. And it looks like we've done that now. Um, like you say, the back four picks itself. And for me, the back four is one of those where, you know, I like to see the least amount of rotation. So it's really important that these players start developing that understanding and in the team selections over the last few games, I'm starting to see that with Ten Hag. I think he's trying to establish a first eleven, And then, you know, everyone else has to fight for their place if they want to claim a spot. So that that's good to see. Because whereas before we were a bit all over the place, no one could definitively give you an eleven that will start. Yeah, even in the Fergie days, the back four were very rarely changed unless it was yeah. an injury. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, all the all the solid title runs we went on, uh, it's all built built on a solid, stable defense with minimal changes. Yeah, and and I'm even impressed with Diego Dallo. I never thought I'd say that. Um, what I really like him um, the fact that he's he's getting close to people. He's cutting out crosses. He's showing great tenacity, um, and he's he's obviously worked really hard to improve. Mm. I love even the. The camaraderie between him and Martinez, whenever they, whenever he, he blocks a cross and goes out for a corner, him and Martinez mm -hmm. are bumping chests and, you know, celebrating the fact that they, they, 
they defended well as if they'd scored a goal you know I, I really like that what do you think yeah it's really refreshing to see especially because we've been devout of any kind of quality at the back for so long and it's been an utter shambles now that it's looking a lot more organized it is it's nice to see that they're all working for each other high-fiving each other um you know martinez responded to varan's tweet <laughs> uh which i screenshotted it actually uh, i thought it was quite cool uh just yeah i love to see a bit of that uh malassia as well he probably didn't think he would get this chance early on but you know he's, he's claimed it with both hands um and yeah yeah i'm very happy with the with the bat four yeah, absolutely, and it picks itself. Uh, at the, uh, mm. I don't say at the Emirates, but I mean at Old Trafford uh, on Sunday, uh, the back four. I mean, it's almost a shoe in. Uh, who's going to be in the back four? Oh, absolutely. Game? I think yeah. I mean, my only concern uh, before this game was because the game, the fixtures are coming thick and fast. Would we see rotation? Um, I'm happy that the players uh, have stuck around, and hopefully they can see it through. And any rotation we do see, I'm expecting now to happen in the Europa League, which uh, resumes next Thursday. Yeah, I think Maguire and Shaw are going to be relegated to the Europa League this season. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, on Maguire, I was, you know what, I was half tempted to hope that Leicester would have come in for him yesterday. (laughs) Because looking at their squad, I mean, they need a centre-back, don't they? Yeah, I think we were all hoping, but uh, we never really thought that it was yeah. going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it was just me putting two and two together, to be honest, because obviously they sat on the Fofana money now as well. Uh, Johnny Evans is getting on, um, and they're playing DMs at centre-back, so, you know, it made sense to me, but hey-ho, we, we wait till Jan. <laughs> Well, didn't he get someone on loan from the Bundesliga to replace? Uh, I think so, team? yes. There, there, there was some guy that they got in. Um, and Brandon Rogers was showing some dissent towards the board last night after the game. He wasn't mm. happy with the transfer window. Um, he's a man that's walking a tightrope right now because they're bottom of the league and he's having to go at the owners. I mean, it looks like a situation is only going to end one way, to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few teams actually that are, that, that are struggling. Uh, Wolves are another one where, yeah, they've been let down in the window as well. They got in one or two quality players, but they've let out a hell of a lot as well. By the way, I thought Johnny Evans was actually very good last night um, at, at the tender age of 34. And <laughs> he was cutting out a lot of our attacks. Um, mm. I was very, very frustrated with Marcus Rashford last night. So many, I think he killed our attack five times in the first five minutes of the second half. Um, and he just doesn't compete for headers. You know, and De Gea has clearly been instructed to kick the ball long. Um, and, you know, I see, even when Ronaldo came on, he was winning a few headers. He was competing. And... Um, Whereas the ball kicked up to Rashford, it just comes straight back again, and we're under pressure again. Um, I just if if he's going to play at all, it has to be on the left. And in my opinion, I think he should be on the bench at the moment. How do you feel about him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's not a forward. He cannot lead that line. He doesn't offer much up front, uh, apart from in the final third. If you get him on the end of things, but you know that's more so in a counter-attacking system. Um, yeah, like you, I, I prefer him on the left. Um, this could be something that comes back to bite us, actually, because uh, we didn't get a striker on deadline day, uh, and I felt that we needed one, uh, anyone, uh, just because obviously we can't rely on Martial to stay injury free. Uh, and Ronaldo, I mean, I was impressed with Ronaldo yesterday with his cameo. Um, he looked to be getting involved, uh, 
bit of selflessness as well. I saw him trying to set up other players instead of just taking the shot on. Um, the bicycle kick, audacious on another day, that could have hit the back of the net. Um, but yeah, again, you know, at his age, like, can he, can we rely on him week in, week out? I don't think we can. Um, so yeah, that could be something that comes back to haunt us. Um, the only thing I will say about Ronaldo, now that he is staying, I think he will get his head down and start working hard, if nothing else, because he will have the World Cup in mind. Yeah, I think so too. If, if the bicycle kick goes in, though, have been added to his, his highlights reel of fantastic <laughs> goals over the last 20 years. Um, God, there was, I was watching it in, in the bar and there were so many people thought it was going in and all. Yeah, oh, and it would have been unbelievable goal um but yeah you mentioned him being selfish there um i think he got it wrong in, in both instances where he tried right, he tried to set up ericsson when he should have shot i think and then he had a shot when he should have set up ericsson um, <laughs> yeah then... F- fine margins isn't it <laughs> um in the first half actually i was quite annoyed at the chance that fell to bruno because ericsson was open for that and that one really, Bruno should have looked up and just squared it to him. Yeah, definitely. But I thought Bruno had a better game last night. He was he was doing mm. a better job of keeping the ball and not giving it away too much. Um, yeah, it was just yeah. I, th- I thought he played really well. Yeah, um, and the one thing with Ron though, I don't know if you've noticed it, but uh, this season it does feel as if age just started to catch up a little bit with him. I don't oh know yeah, if yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like I've noticed it. Obviously, you know, without a good preseason, that's going to affect you as well. Um, but I do feel like we've seen a, a decline now. Yeah, when we have a counter attack, um, Ronaldo is part of it. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have the pace. Um, <laughs> no. He's no. having to stop and play the ball back. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you literally just have to get him. In. You have to spoon feed him. You have to spoon feed him inside the box to get anything out of him. And even when he has a sprint or two, um, and those cameo appearances he's made in the last two games, he looks yeah. puffed. Yeah, goes. yeah, and that's the thing. And then the lack of pace, and then I'm not sure if he has the passing range to drop back deeper if to to play him in a, in a deeper role. So it's yeah, it's not an ideal situation. Yeah, um, but were you impressed with Bruno last night? I think uh, a lot of the the good things were happening were coming through him. He was working really hard, and he was. You know, he, he was finding a teammate quite a lot, which he doesn't often do. He, instead of playing the Hollywood ball, he was keeping it simple last night. I thought that... Yeah, it's it's been better than what we've seen uh, up until that point. But there's still areas that I think he needs to fix. I mean, for me, that, that one key chance that fell to him, that just typifies Bruno. Uh, the fact that he was marked out, he came out wide to him, he had plenty of time. And then he still chose to just take a random shot instead of, you know, assessing the situation. Yeah, I think he'll always do that. Yeah, but this is the problem though, Carl, because obviously, you know, it is a work in progress and we are grinding these results out. But, you know, it's 1-0. It's a very tight game. So on another day, uh, you know, that 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 chance that he squandered, that could be the difference between picking up one point and three. Do you see when we go 1-0 up early in the first half? Mm. It just feels as if nine times out of ten... We're going to be holding on to that one nil with ten minutes to go, and the other team are going to be all over us, and it's going to be very nervy. I just seen yeah. a comment in my life, and um, because we just don't have the goal scorers up front to put games mm. to bed. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I will say though, these days they look a lot more assured. So 
when they do make those changes and they try to shore things up, I'm confident that, you know, we won't allow for mistakes to creep in. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very tight rope to walk. Uh, 1-0 is a very dangerous scoreline, so you can't rest on your laurels, really. Um, but that is going to take time, though. Um, hopefully, Anthony will uh, will help improve our attack. Definitely. Yeah, we get on to Anthony later. Um, so, guys, get in the comments and let us know your thoughts. Um, Solo7 joined us, uh, UFTV and Footmass Sports Talk. Uh, he says, hello, Brush, Earl, all good. And... Um, I'm sure that's someone. I'm, I'm assuming that's someone you know. Uh, yeah, Errol. Errol is solo seven. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. From now on, this is the front three that I want to see. Um. This is just my opinion. Let us know what you think in the comments, guys. And Bruce, you can let me know in a second. So, ideally, my front three would be. I'm starting with the Arsenal game. Sancho on the left. Ronaldo in the middle and Anthony on the right. And I know Ronaldo's not going to play any of the game. So I want to see him rotated with Martial. And I don't use Rashford and Alanga in the Europa League or if there are injuries. Um, that's the way I would like to see us go going forward. I know Ronaldo's age is not ideal, but we need a, we really need a focal point up front. Um, and Rashford is not that guy. Um, I think Martial is obviously a slightly better focal point than, than Rashford um, and suits playing as a number nine more than Rashford in general. But yeah, I would rotate Ronaldo and Martial and then would have Sancho and Anthony on the wing. So what do you think, Rush? Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But I think Ten Hag is going to persist with Rashford until he has better options. Oh, no! <laughs> Please don't tell me that. <laughs> so um, so you think he's going to uh, continue with Rashford? Yeah, that's the way I see it going. Yeah, yeah. He, he keeps, you know, I think a lot of people agree with me last night that Rashford should have been substituted, but he kept him on to the end, and he he took Sancho off first again, um, which was a slight surprise. Sancho being the goal scorer, um, why do you think is Ten Hag? Why why do you think Ten Hag takes off Sancho first and leaves Rashford on, Rashford on to the end, despite the fact that Sancho uh, seemingly is playing better in these games? Ah. Uh. Only he can answer that question. <laughs> I think a few of us are a bit befuddled on the Rashford front. Uh, he's not really shown anything, really, has he, uh, to justify why he's in the starting line week in, week out. But it's just one of those things. I just think it's a lack of options. Um, and I don't think that everything that happened with Ronaldo over the summer helped either. Otherwise, I think he may have started. Yeah, Um. I'm not a fan of Russia playing up front. Hopefully, Tin Hag gets a message eventually. Um, Ilanga, what did you make of him last night? I I just think he's he's just an average player. Um, I know he's still young, but he doesn't seem like someone who's going to become a star at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, listen, Ilanga's in the same bracket of footballer as Scott McTominay. It's one of those where you know I'm not so critical of him because I know what he is. He's a squad option at best. Um, ideally, we probably should have loaned him out, but then I know Ahmad's gone on loan and he's there for squad depth. Well, UFTV says, I know Ten Hag seems to like Rashford, but I'm hoping he starts to realise like he did with Maguire and Shaw. Yes, that's what I meant to bring up. Um, with him, we won't be able to hold the ball up. There is games that suit his style. 
yeah, like Liverpool, for example. Um, mm. Yeah, so we learned with Maguire and Shaw. Now I'm hoping he will learn with Rashford, but it seems yeah. like it's going to Well, take I mean, time. you know, you'd have to say lessons were learned fairly quickly uh, with Maguire and Shaw. So, yeah, I'm sure Ten Hag's thinking the same thing. Uh, in an ideal situation, I think he and us, we would all like to see Martial in that position. He's probably best suited to it. So just need to get him, get him injury free. Yep, definitely. Um, so does Casemiro and Anthony come into the lineup on Sunday for you? Uh, I think it's probably time for Casemiro to come in. Anthony, uh, it will probably start on the bench. I can't see him just walking in. Um, yeah. Well, given that Casemiro hasn't walked in, you know, it'd be hard yeah, to see exactly. Anthony. Like you know, he, he got half an hour yesterday. Uh, the last game, he got what twenty minutes before that. So yeah, they're they're settling players in the right way. So yeah, I can't see Anthony starting. What do you make of McTominay's performance last night? It was better than usual. Uh, yeah. I'll leave it there. I mean, still, I think you know it's one of those where some people are really praising him, and I didn't see anything to get particularly excited about. Um, yeah, but for McTominay, he did all right. Yeah, I think he did okay, but there's there's still he just he commits too many fouls and he gets he gets bypassed too easily. It seems to be in the second half in the first half of games we control it and then our midfield goes to pieces in the second half. Um and that's why he had the like Leicester was starting to dominate possession at the start of the second half, and that's why Casemiro came on for Sancho so he could get a hold of the ball again. It just seems to be in that midfield with McTominay, Eriksson and Fernandez. It just seems to this seemed to tear in the second half. You know, McTominay, he just isn't a natural number six. Um, people go past him too easily and then he fouls them. He committed a foul right. You don't want to commit fouls right in the edge of the box when you're playing against James Madison. I mean, he had a few opportunities last night. Uh, thankfully, to get capped him out with his best one. I think one hit the wall. But yeah, you can't get free kicks away in the edge of the area when you're playing against Madison. Um, yeah, he did yeah. well in the first half, and then gradually, as the game went on, his performance started to dip. Yeah, it did. And, and and that's a common theme, you know. Um, McTominay seemed to fade in second half of games, and and it's been very noticeable in the last few games that Christian Eriksen um, was struggling mm. physically um, in the last twenty minutes of those games. And McTominay... and I'll tell you what, Carl, this is something that we touched on, right? Um, I did say with Eriksen. You know, he's a fantastic addition to the squad if he's brought in as a rotation option. He's not someone with his health problems and age and everything else that can be relied upon week in, week out. You need to manage his minutes. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, I suppose you can make the argument that he could come out of the team against Arsenal. Possibly Casemiro and Fred could come in and partner each other in midfield um, against Arsenal. Um, I think it would be a good time to rest Ericsson because... He he's been he struggled physically in the last twenty minutes. I'll, I'll tell you games. what, Ericsson has added some much needed class and quality into that midfield. His technical ability is next to none. Um, I think the question that we all need to be asking is where the hell is Donny? Why are we not seeing him? Yeah, I mean, if he's not like I think I said this last year, if he's not going to play under Ten Hag, he's never going to play at Old Trafford. Yeah, pretty much last chance saloon now. Um, you'd think, yeah. Like you say, yeah, you'd think this manager of all managers would be. There has to be a reason. There must be something we're not seeing. Yeah, well, we'll find out in the long term, I suppose. But yeah, um, 
McTominay is not a long-term option in the midfield. Ten Hag seems to, he's being loyal to him right now. It seems as if Ten Hag doesn't want to change a winning team. That's the impression that I'm getting. Mm. I mean, um, listen, if if the team wins, then I'm all for it. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll the, get onto it as well. I was a bit annoyed at one of our departures yesterday. They were brilliant against Liverpool, and you can't blame them for mm. choosing the same team in the next game. But those last two away wins were scrappy. We were lucky yeah. to get away with it, some might say. So that's not really a justification for picking the same team, I don't think. And and when you're yeah. playing the league leaders who have won five out of five, it'd be very risky to go with that 11 at the weekend. I would make a, at least a couple of changes. Absolutely. Um, and like we were saying, you know, he's worked Casemiro in slowly. Uh, I think Sunday would be the perfect opportunity to start him. Yeah, I think so. And Ian, obviously, in, in time, you know, Anthony will come in for Elanga, you would think maybe not at the weekend, oh, like you yes, say. But, yes, yeah. yeah. The only reason he won't come in this weekend is because it's been, you know, it's too soon. Uh, he needs, you know, to get into the routine of things with training and whatnot. But there's no doubt Anthony walks into that team, uh, especially based on what Elanga offered yesterday. Yeah, he does. Um, Elanga wasn't very good yesterday, and uh, he's just. He's just a squad player at best. There's too, see, there's too many squad players still in the starting eleven, which I, I don't like. Um, yeah, but it's again that goes to our board and the lack of structure, doesn't it? Um, yeah, another the summer was, I mean, it was an absolute shambles if we're honest. Um, if we're looking at it just in terms of the actual profile of players that have come in, the caliber of players, like yeah, I'm quite happy. It's it's a starting point. Uh, it could have been better, but it is what it is. It gives us a solid foundation to build on, but there's a hell of a lot more work to be done. So, Footmoss uh, Bush Talk says, Alanga works hard, Rashford's trying to conclude. Don't know about that. Uh, Sancho picking, picking it up. Uh, if he can have Anthony and Sancho on the wings, well, that's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely agree with that, but we need something better up front. Um, and their best option up front at the minute is, is, a, is a 38-year-old, essentially. Um, and he also says Casemiro starts. Anthony, come on late to try and tie up the game versus Arsenal. Well, I hope we're in a position to tie up the game later <laughs> on against Arsenal. Um, it, I know I'm being very cautious here, but against Arsenal, I'd be happy to avoid defeat, given how well Arsenal are playing. Uh, if you win the game, oh, I'll be absolutely ecstatic. Um, so what's your thoughts on the Arsenal game? Usually I would go into games like this with precaution, but it is Arsenal and I really want to beat them, so... Yeah, going to be optimistic. Screw them. <laughs> as good as their start to the season has been, I've seen some flaws. Uh, they've, you know, uh, they've shown character in in overcoming certain results and get coming away with the three points. But they've had scrappy wins too. So I really want to put them to the sword and test them out. I hope this doesn't get clipped up, but uh, Arsenal do have a reputation for coming to Old Trafford and crumbling, even even when they're playing <laughs> well. And just even go back to Marcus, Marcus Rashford's debut. Arsenal, I think, were big favourites to win that game. And yeah, a... yeah. Rashi, Rashi uh, well, he pretty much made his name that day. I think he scored a brace that day, didn't he? Yeah, Arsenal, I think, were playing well at the time. United had a whole host of injuries, playing a lot yeah. of youngsters, um, and United won the game 3-2. So that's kind of sums up Arsenal's you know recent mm. past at Old Trafford. They don't, they don't, I think they might have had one win since 2006 or something at Old Trafford, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's, it's a really yeah. poor record. Um, and hopefully that continues on, on Sunday. But, um, <laughs> our true. back four, our strong back four that we have now is going to be tested. 
against yeah. the likes of Jesus and Martin Odegaard and uh, Martinelli and stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting one to watch. Yeah, especially because um, they've got Saliba at the back now as well, and he's looking a lot more assured than Ben White did next to Gabriel. Um, yeah, and our lack of focal point is the one thing that worries me. But yeah, we'll have to hope for the best. Um, I really liked Sancho's goal yesterday, the way that was taken, and that's how you get the best out of him. Sancho's not the type of winger that's just going to outpace people and get around them. So these are the kind of balls that you need to play into him to get the best out of him. Yeah, you do. He doesn't have electric pace um, for a young winger, but he, he, you know, he's got plenty of ability in the ball. He's got a, got a skill. Absolutely. Um, if you look at the chance he took yesterday and the goal against Liverpool as well, you know that it's it's flashbacks to what he showed at Dortmund, and those are the kind of areas you need to get him in to get the best out of him. Yeah, I said last night. If if it had been Sancho setting up Rashford in that situation, I think Rashford just blasts the ball straight at the keeper. <laughs> um, whereas Sancho yeah. coolly took it around the keeper and slotted it into the net. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was so. Sancho is our top scorer so far with two goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I wonder who'll get the United's August uh, goal of the month. Um, probably Bruno against Southampton. You would th- or maybe Sancho against Liverpool because it's Liverpool. Uh, mm. It's hard to know, but there's not many to choose from. Yeah, honest. there's not that many to choose from at the moment, is there? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. So I just come on to the, I just do a quick rundown of the the player ratings as they always do. Um, so De Gea would be a six from me. Um, mm. the back four, I would say seven for Dallo, eight for Varane, seven for Martinez, seven for Malasia, McTominay. I'll give him a six. Um, Fernandez a seven, Eriksson a seven, um, Ilanga a five, Rashford a five. Uh, and Sancho a seven. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Casemiro. Yeah, we definitely give him uh, a seven for his cameo. Ronaldo possibly a six for his cameo. So, and uh, Ten Hag was giving him a rating. Yeah, we won the game, and his substitutions got us over the line. So, yeah, we give him a seven as well. So, any disagreements there then, Bush? Uh, yeah, no. I, I think I'm a bit of a harsh marker. So I did this yesterday. And I kind of started off with a template of sixes all round. And then when I looked at sevens, I was like, yeah, Varane stood out for me. Uh, Dallow again had a good game. And yeah, so yeah. But when I'm, yeah, looking at what you said, yeah, it makes sense. The only two really that I was disappointed in, I'd say probably are Rashford and Ilanga. Uh, And then also with Sancho, obviously he scored the goal, but there are aspects of his game I'd like like him to improve. Mm He goes missing as well. I need him to turn up for the whole 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, he, like I said earlier, he tends to sub uh, Sancho off and after mm. 65, 70 minutes. And I'm not really sure why that is because, you know, Rashford seems like the obvious person to take off when it comes. That's the way the supporters would see it anyway. But yeah, he, he seems tends to leave Rashford. Uh, per- perhaps it's because of Rashford's pace. Maybe he thinks Rashford's pace. Off yeah. Pace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To offer an outlet on the on the counter attack. Um, mm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so the window ended yesterday, and uh, United just got uh, uh, Anthony and Debradka over the line, but those were signings we knew that were coming yeah. before yesterday. So there's nothing sensational that happened on the United front yesterday. 
Um, so if he given us that window at the start mm. of uh, at the end of May, let's say we'd have taken it. But it, it was just a shambles the way they went about it, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. They they just suck the joy out of everything, even when they sign a player that we like they find a way to mess it up due to their incompetence be it overpaying or you know just not doing the deal in time like had we had this window at the very beginning and all of these players went on the preseason tour and they were embedded into the team i think we would have a have a slightly more upbeat tone to this conversation right now yeah definitely um and it's the fact that they kind of pursued De Jong for like three months and then ended up with Casemiro. That that really pisses people off as well, doesn't it? <laughs> well, for me, uh, it was actually after we signed Casemiro, I was like, do you know what? Frankie is now imperative. Now is when you go and get Frankie because now you've got a proper out-and-out DM. Go get a ball-progressing midfielder and really fix that midfield because we've tried to just, you know, we keep doing this thing year after year where we put a coat of paint uh, on a wall that really needs replastering, and we never really addressed the core issue. So I thought it was an opportunity missed. Um, it was sad because they did chase him the entire summer, and it's very disappointing to not have the player. Uh, lack of plan B as well. So I'm just going to keep my eyes open for Jan and next season to see if there's an alternative or if they continue to pursue him. There's some fans that would say they never want to hear the name Frankie de Jong ever again. <laughs> and do you understand that? Uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going away. It's one of those. We'll have to just see how it goes after the World Cup. He, he doesn't want to come to United. That's been, uh, his yeah. wife certainly doesn't want to come to Manchester. Mm. Um, so uh, I think it's just better that we just look for an alternative. But because Ten Hag loves the player, it will continue to be linked with him. You know, in every yeah. Moment. Yeah, that's that's what it is, isn't it? Until uh, until until we find an alternative, we're going to be linked with this guy. So we're just going to have to wait and see. So that was disappointing. And again, I was disappointed also that, to not see uh, a striking option come in. Uh, yeah, and and they done it once again, where Anthony was a target right at the start of the window, mm. and they could have got him f- for 70, 80 million euros, and they ended up paying 100 million euros at the end of the window. That is yeah. the most United thing ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, at the start of the window, we probably could have got him for pretty much half what we paid. And that's probably his actual value. So, it's an, again, it's one of those. Uh, obviously, if he hits the ground running and he does what he's supposed to do, then people won't really talk about the price tag. But from a business point of view, it is, it's it's poor business, isn't it? Yeah, and if he has uh, a poor run of form, mm. the price tag is going to be brought up by the media they're going to be debating yeah. it on Gillette Sacker Saturday on Monday Night Football. And, and end of it. again, I think, yeah, the magnifying glass is always at Old Trafford as well. Because if you notice, they don't talk about other transfers as much uh, as they do ours. Like, for example, um, you know, Kepa is the world's most expensive goalkeeper and he sat on Chelsea's bench. But we don't really hear about it. Jack Grealish, never heard nothing about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess with that, it's a thing where, you know, they paid the release. I don't think anybody thinks he's worth that much. So, that yeah. But, you know, Kepa, world's most expensive keeper, regularly benched, and nothing is said about it. And uh, Pepe at Arsenal, he was a major Yeah, fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone on loan. Um, I think he's gone to Nice now. Uh, a bit surprising as well that Arsenal didn't replace him. They may come to regret that. 
and and, and since the last time we were on Erling Holland has got another hat trick. <laughs> Again, listen, every week this guy is just gonna just yeah, he's just gonna make us cry, isn't he? because um, we <laughs> we talked about this car. We talked about if we were properly structured, this is a guy that we should have been targeting. And you know, it's yeah, it's over now, isn't it? The only hope that we have now as United fans is that in a few years' time he gets bored and Real Madrid come calling when Benzema is ready to call it a day. I remember people Saying that potentially, if he go, you know, no way Man City basically won the league for a couple of years without a proper striker. Yeah. And some people were saying, if Holland goes in there, he'll score 50 goals. And other people yeah. were saying, well, he might ruin their setup because uh, Guardiola doesn't like a number nine. It doesn't really suit <laughs> his style of play. And certainly, does it like a six yeah. foot five big target man doesn't really suit the Guardiola style of football. So it might actually hinder Manchester City. Get yeah. out of here. I mean, <laughs> the absolute opposite is happening. He is going to score 50 goals, isn't he? Yes. Well, the the scary thing is having won back-to-back titles without a striker and now having one of the best in the world, you've got options. So the worrying thing for everyone else is they don't need Haaland. Like, Haaland is a bona fide luxury for them. Uh, the fact that he's he got that hat-trick in, in, in one half of football, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> half time I was looking at the bench, I was thinking, wow. They can literally just rest all their top players now and just relax. And, um, and here's something that's even worse: mm. Holland's not going to the World Cup, so he'll be able to put his feet up exactly. and rest for six weeks. Exactly. So he's going to be just raring to go in Jan. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then this is the other thing, though: they don't need him. Um, even without him, they're capable of playing with a false nine. They're very comfortable in that setup. Uh, also, the other guy that turned up, Julio Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> one that slipped away from us because all of December we were linked with him. Ralph wanted him fourteen million pounds, you know, uh, zero risk at that that price range uh, for a player of his caliber and age. And you know, he scored a brace as well. Uh, he's getting in on the action. So yeah, yeah. It's all it was a nice ball. game to bring him into. Not even for us at home. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, no pressure at all. And and he killed it. And he's versatile too. He doesn't just play centre forward. He can play on the wings. Uh, I think he started off on the right when he came on, or when he started. Yeah, um, yeah, that was one that got away. Um, it seems to be players that are linked uh, with United and they end up going to City. The their stars, yeah. players that are linked with City and go to United, <laughs> like Fred. It just doesn't work out. Like <laughs> the one, the the ones where they stop. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the warning sign is uh, when they don't get into a bidding war, when they when they, they have a cutoff point uh, and yeah, when they walk away from a deal, that, that should serve as a warning sign. <laughs> yeah, Maguire, another example. Yeah, yes, so, yes. Did, Sanchez. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, we beat them to Sanchez, <laughs> Maguire and Fred and none of them have really worked out at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, they're only just... It's, you could be really cynical and say that they're linking themselves, Manchester City that is, they're linking themselves to players and they hope that we go and buy them. And then, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> do you know what? I'd love, to, I'd love to say it was some sort of mad conspiracy, but honestly, I don't think they're even they're even looking at us. Uh, quite honestly, I don't even think they see the majority of Premier League teams as rivals. Really, you only have to look at the sales of Jesus and Sterling to Chelsea and Arsenal. They really don't care. <laughs> no. Um, 
Yeah, and I think the league's over already. I know City aren't even top at the moment, but for me, yeah. the league is over. Yeah, yeah, it's done. It's, it's theirs to lose, isn't it? And yeah, I don't think any other team are capable of just going on a frightening run like they are. And their squad depth and quality and all of it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, 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 as long as Guardiola is there... And they have a squad like that. I don't think anyone's going to win the league yeah. in the next few seasons. And we probably would have said, looking at their squad, you know, uh, one area of weakness, maybe defence with Laporte out. And if they, you know, don't have Ruben Diaz available, but then they went and addressed it. They went and got Akanji, uh, a, a guy that we were linked with uh, when Ralph was here. Yeah. Um, Man City take the, tend to make all the right calls. In yeah. the transfer market, but also it's a lot easier coming into a winning team than it is coming into. A oh, absolutely! Team. But again, look at look at the deal. You know, Akanji had a year left on his contract. They got him in for what, seventeen million euros. Uh, you know, it's very minimal risk. He's 25, 26, right age. Um, yeah, smart business. Yeah, that certainly was. So everybody else is kind of vying for second place, really. And who knows? Yeah, pretty maybe, much. That, maybe that could be us. <laughs> Listen, at the moment, it's it's looking very open, isn't it? I mean, I still think Liverpool, I expect Liverpool to fix up and get there, but it probably isn't as comfortable as a lot of people thought at the start of the season uh, the, with the way they've started. Well, we're still above Liverpool five games in, so yeah. we'll, we'll take that win. We'll take that win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Liverpool, uh, they, are, they are an enigma. They lose to, they draw the first two games, one of them against mm. Fulham, can't remember who the other one was. Then they lose at Old Trafford with no one's incoming. And United were four to one to win that game at home. Um, I think it was Crystal Palace. Palace? Crystal Palace, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. at home. Um, then they win 9 0 against Bournemouth. Mm. And then they get this 98th minute winner against Newcastle when there was only five minutes added on. Um, <laughs> Listen, it just, you know, it, it happens. We lived off Fergie time for a long time. Yeah, I just think Liverpool got a really bizarre start of the season, but they they won the last two games one way or the other. They've got over the line in those two games, um, and you know they'll probably pick up form now. But uh, had they if not won that Newcastle game, you would start to question what's going on here. Um, yeah, I know things went badly wrong for Klopp in his seventh season in Dortmund, so there were some United fans were holding on to that kind of happening again in Liverpool. But, uh, <laughs> Probably yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need to add context to it as well because at that Dortmund team, you know, he never really got a chance to push on really because at the peak, their best players kept going to Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing really has changed in the Bundesliga. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, well, now it's a thing where, you know, you, you really need the financial backing to go with it to, to try and overtake City. And has he achieved all he can at Liverpool? Who knows? Time will tell. Yeah, he's won everything once now, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose he'll want to kind of double some of those trophies up before he goes, but hopefully... Yeah, yeah, but then the thing is as well, you know, even in a winning side, you have to switch things up every once in a while. I think there's probably a few players in that team that are quite comfortable and not really had uh, their positions questioned. And it's probably getting to that time where they need to switch it up a bit. Yeah, I think uh, Van Dijk is starting to look a bit arrogant now. He's mm. starting off the season very poorly. Um, yeah. They're not I mean, the same I mean, thing without... Yeah, I mean, last season for me, Matip was probably the standout. Yeah, and he misses having him alongside him. 
Mm. Um, they're not the same team in midfield when nope. Fabinho and um, Thiago are not playing. Um, yeah, yeah. Me- and Fabinho, for me, he's dropped off as well. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, that's been a bit su- surprising. The Henderson, Milner and Elliot midfield against us wasn't exactly scary, was it, for, for the United nope. players? Uh, but then last season they took players out when they played us, but then the system got them through. But then we were also an utter shambles. So I think it was a combination of things. Carvalho was starting to look very good though. Yeah, yeah. Again, that was very good scouting. Um, you know, very young lad. I think they picked him up for like five million. Um, yeah, they did. So that's good business. Um, Monzi joined us. Um, yeah, so anything further you want to add before we wrap it up then, Brush? Uh, yeah, so there was... I want to touch on James Garner. Uh, the Garner deal for me was shocking. Um, I can understand if the kid wanted first-team football. Um, if that's the reason, then loan him out. Why are you selling him? And also, in this current market, this current crackpot market where 60 million bids for Anthony Gordon are getting rejected, why are we letting go of one of our young talents, homegrown talents, for such a minimal fee um it's not even 15 million up front it's 9 million with add-ons um ideally i would have liked to have loaned him out in the hope that he had like a connor gallagher season at palace and then you know i would have reassessed the situation at the end of the season to see if he could play a role or if you want to then sell him then slap 40 million on his head like you know we hear about english tax all the time well united are the only club that don't charge english tax apparently yeah, the only argument you can make is that it's a financial decision coming from the hierarchy. But then again, he's, his, his wages aren't that high. And like no. you say, nine million plus add-ons is not a huge fee. So how it's, is that breaking even? Yeah, it's shocking. And then um, between Romano and Lockhurst and people, uh, there was mixed reports. So I don't know, because one of them tweeted out that there's a sell-on clause. The other one said there's a buyback clause. I don't I, I don't know which is true, um, if, if either. Um but yeah, it's a shocking bit of business all around. Um, only only 21 years old as well. So, you know, I just think we pulled the trigger way too quick on that. Yeah, I think every single fan would agree with that. It, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. What the, who, the fans wanted to see McTominay and Fred being phased out, not yeah. James Garner being sold. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing, Kyle. Like, when we look at him, he, he's a DM as well. You, we've just bought one of the best DMs in the world. So, you know, who better to learn from? The kid would have been the perfect understudy, you know? Yeah, and he, he was at United since he was seven years old and he's just been pursed out without being given a proper chance. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make sense to me. So very, very poor. I was very disappointed at that. Yeah, well, he's gone to a bit of a basket case club, so it won't be all that easy to succeed. Mm. Um, uh, can you can you understand why Nine and Forest weren't informed? I mean, they signed absolutely everybody in the world. No, they signed. Geez, what was it? I think it was twenty two signings or something in the end. It was crazy, crazy money. Um, yeah, so 20, 20, 21, 21. 21 in and twenty two out. Yeah, yeah, madness. Um, changed their whole squad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, that step up from the Championship to Premier League is absolutely no joke. But yeah, it's very scattergun approach in the market. It's going to be, you know, you're rolling the dice, aren't you, really? Uh, if it works, it works. If it fails, then 
it's it's really going to come back to bite them because you, what you don't want is to get relegated with a whole bunch of Premier League wages on your books. Uh, we've seen it go south at clubs like Stoke City where, you know, they were trying to punch above their weight and we've not seen them since they went, went back down. Yeah, and I think four years ago, Fulham did something similar in the transfer market, almost changed mm. their entire team and yeah. backfired massively. Yeah, and which might... is why there's clubs like Bournemouth who, you know, who we know are not good enough for the Premier League, but they live within their means, uh, similar to a Norwich, I'd say, where they're happy to come up, try their luck, just get the parachute payments and just keep yo-yoing. I mean, for their fans, I'm sure it's it's horrible and very irritating. But at the same time, from a business point of view, it makes better sense than doing it the other way, where you take a risk and then it could all go down the pan and you're not going to be in the Premier League again for a long, long time. Yeah, I think the parachute payments are going to be reviewed now. Um, so, so, someone was making a joke on Twitter that, you know, the way new players, they go through like an initiation ceremony of like singing a song in front of the whole group. Well, somebody's yeah. saying that at Forest it's going to turn into Live Aid. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, they're, they're not too far wrong there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so massive disappointment um, getting rid of James Garner like that, but Maybe it's not the end for him at Old Trafford. We'll, we'll wait and see how things work out. Well, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that's going to piss me off as well if we sign, sign him back for, for a ridiculous fee. <laughs> you, you can bet your house yeah. you <laughs> for 15 million. Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen, isn't it? We're, he's going to have a good season. We're going to go back in with like a stupid bid of like 50, 60 million. <laughs> yeah, and we'll end up wasting our budget on other areas and not signing a number nine again next summer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the other thing, actually, that we need to look for now. Obviously, next season, you know, that's when Ronaldo and De Gea's contracts are up. So it does free up wages. So on paper, at least, it's a chance to move in a new direction. But then on the other hand, we've just given Casemiro 350 a week. So, you know, nothing's really changed. Yeah, Casemiro is for the here and now. He's not for yeah. into the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll wrap it up there for today. Um, everyone, please leave us a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, comment your thoughts down below. And we will see everyone again after the Arsenal game. Wait, see you later, Brush. Take care.